What's up, everybody? This is Eve with the Healthy Charleston Podcast. For those of you who don't know, I'm a physical therapist, and this podcast is dedicated to giving you the right health and fitness information that is both practical, actionable, and evidence-based. This is season two of the podcast, and we are so excited. We're going to have a little less interviewing. We're going to do some more topic-based discussions with myself and some of the made-to-move physical therapy and performance team. Maybe have some guest hosts out there. We are so excited for season two. Thank you so much for joining us and supporting us. If you have any questions for me or the crew, just search Healthy Charleston on Instagram or you can reach out to us directly at made to move pt.com that is the number two thanks so much see you soon hey everyone thanks for tuning in this week i got to sit down with tyler newton personal trainer nutrition coach and founder slash owner of new 10 fitness so we talked all about his goals his vision how he adapted during this time and how he went from having a business degree and doing sales at Verizon to starting his own fitness business. We get into the nitty-gritty of nutrition, calories, diets, mindset, that six-pack abs that everybody wants. Um, He had so many awesome things to say about nutrition and mindset and coaching and just life in general. This was a really cool conversation. I learned a lot, and I know that you also will learn a ton. So, enjoy. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Healthy Charleston Podcast. Today I have with me Tyler Newton, personal trainer, nutrition coach, and owner and founder of New Tin Fitness. So, thank you so much for being here. Happy yeah, to have you. Me. So, tell me about, you know, all those words I just said. Everything <laughs> everything you do. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, New Tin Fitness uh, is my own business. Uh, one-on-one uh, personal training um, out of CD Fit here in Charleston. Um, started that two years ago after leaving the big box gym. <laughs> Um, what gym? O2 Fitness. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I got my start there. Yeah, I was, I was basically just working out there, and you know, going through. If we want to go through my whole backstory with that, definitely. It's, it's uh, kind of funny. I was just working out at the old uh, off sixty one in West Ashley uh, O2, and I was also working at Verizon at the time. So I was the guy you came to for all your cell phone problems. <laughs> um, but, you know, I just kind of found, you know, myself back into lifting and getting into training. And I was always having people ask me like, hey, what are you doing? Or like, can you build me a workout? Or what's your nutrition like? And, you know, I kept trying to help people mm-hmm. for free. Yeah. But they never, they never would do anything when I did it for free. And then, you know, you try to check on them and be like, hey, man, like that program I wrote you, like, how did it go? And like, I probably shouldn't have been writing programs because I wasn't certified. But, you know, at that point in time, like, I was just trying to help friends out that were asking me questions. And um, the general manager came over to me. She's like, hey, like, you talk to everybody here. You're always trying to help people. Like, do you want a job? And I was like, wow, heck yes. I was like, I was like, I went home, talked to my fiance about it, and I was just sort of like, what do you think about this? I was like, I kind of like the idea. And she was like, but you're doing well at Verizon. I was like, yeah, yeah, I know. But I was like, in five years, I was like, do I really see myself like still selling cell phones? Is that your passion? And yeah, I was like, I was like, yeah, cell phones was kind of my like in between job of like trying to figure out like what is going on in my life and where I'm at. And so I was like, I think I want to do it. I was like, because I've always wanted to be a coach. I always thought I'd be like a football coach or a wrestling coach. Those are sports I played in high school. And uh, she was like, I mean, if that's what you want to do. And I was just like, 
yeah, I think I'm going to do it. So, so I, I went, got certified, like took her up on the offer. And before I know it, like four months later, I'm personal trainer. <laughs> and that was at O2. So, yeah, that was at O2. That's when you started. And that was, I'm guessing, was that like 2017? Was that before that? January 2018. Oh, okay. So then it only so, took you like eight months. Yeah. To leave. Yeah, I will. <laughs> is that O2 still there? Uh, the one on James Island is. Okay. Yeah, so there's three left. I think there's one here on Daniel Island. There it is. It's right there, yeah. Um, James Island and then West Ashley. Okay. Right off of Wapu. So uh, you have those three that are still open. The others all, I think, shut down. So, but yeah, I mean, big, anybody that's been in the big corporate gym space, I mean, it's a great way to get started, kind of get your name out there mm-hmm. and like find clients in a way. Um, but the system of how they pay you and the amount of hours that you work just doesn't really add up for all that you put into it. It's like 30, 70, right? Or yeah. less? Yeah. It, it's about 30, 70. Uh, sometimes you can get up to 40 depending upon how many hours you put in. Uh, but you know, you start trying to do the cost of like, all right, what's my time versus what I'm actually getting paid. And then you kind of see how much they're taking in. Yeah. And then you think about it and you're like, well, what if I was able to keep all of this? Like, what if I was to take the packages that I'm selling these clients, kept that all for myself and only had to pay out like X amount a month? Like how much would I be making in return? And so, you know, me going to business school originally, like I sat Mm -hmm. there and thought to myself, I was like, from a business perspective, I was like, this does not make sense. I was like, if there's somewhere where I can go and have my own space and bring my own clients, I was like, it's a no brainer. And so luckily I had a friend that introduced me uh, to the owner of CD Fit and um, took him up on the offer uh, to go work for myself. And that was another conversation with the fiance who was like, are you kidding me? Like you just did this and now you want to do this again? And I'm like, and we're in PT school. Yeah. Oh yeah. She's in PT school. So, (laughs) so it's not like we really like had that, you know, financial stability of being, you know, two, two jobs coming in. I mean, there's always like, you know, side jobs while y'all are in PT school, but it's not quite the same. No, it's loans. Um, (laughs) It's all loans, let's be honest. (laughs) For the most part. yeah. Yeah. Um, or some babysitting here and there. Oh, for sure. So, but, uh, but yeah, I was like, you know, I was like, if I'm if I'm gonna be poor, I was like, I'd rather do it kind of on my own dime than somebody else's. I was like, I'd rather control how much I can make than being yeah. told how much I can make. I've always had that outlook of like, if I'm gonna sink or swim, I'd rather you know do it on my own. Yeah, and it's just so funny that you know I made the move in the first couple of months were really scary. Mm-hmm. You're only going to work for like four hours a day, and then before I knew it. Um, you know, about five months in, I was like, holy cow, like, I have, like, 30 hours, like, on the books per week. Wow. Um, and, and you're you know, making all of it. Yeah. And you get to do whatever you want. Exactly. Like, it's it's my style. Like, I don't yeah. have to wear long pants during the middle of the summer, you Oof. know, all black, look like, you know, just a, a robo-gym <laughs> trainer. <laughs> I'm guessing that was your uniform. That was not uniform. anymore. <laughs> all black and long pants even during the summer. I'm like, can we wear shorts? They're like... No, and I'm like, why? I'm like, it's 95 degrees outside in South Carolina. Like, your clients are in workout clothes. Right. I'm yeah. like, I, I don't want to, I mean, granted, the shirt was decent, but I'm like, I don't want to wear joggers to work every day if it's hot. It's like, yeah. I want to wear shorts. Like, Definitely. I have nice thighs, nice legs. Nice thighs. Like, I work let, for these quads. Like, yeah, let me, let me show it yeah. off a little bit. And they were just like, no. I was like, all right. I was like, I'm thinking yeah. about it here. <laughs> I think that's how, like, a lot of places are going, too, like, with personal trainers and PTs, it used to be this whole, like, you work for me kind of thing. And, like, yeah. this big corporate mystery person is making all the money. And then you sit down and you're like, 
it gets to the point where they need you like more than you needed them. Yep. Because you got the experience and you, it was, they were your clients, you were doing all the work, but yet they were making more than half of the money. Yep. And like, to me, I just have always had a problem, not with like the whole money part. Cause I get like you're an owner, but like credit where credit is due and like yep. you doing the work and you should be able to make the money that you're earning. Exactly. I mean the whole, the whole corporate system also kind of stunk in a way because you know, you, you go and look at it, and if somebody else sold, you know, somebody on a package to mm-hmm. train at O2, like, they got to keep the, like, 10% of that package. Whereas if I sold it myself, that was how you kind of made your extra money. Well, I was so booked up with clients that I never had time to sell. So oh. the only way I could even make any more hourly was to sell packages to my clients. Well, even if I held on to that client for six months, I never then started getting the retention, so to speak, for the yeah. clients. So there was no way for me to, I mean, I was capped. It was just a ceiling. It was yeah. a low ceiling. I mean, I, I'm sitting there looking at the cost of Charleston and the cost of what I'm bringing home, and I'm like, mm-hmm. this isn't working. So, But I really think in our community, like you were saying, like between like PTs and personal trainers, um, you know, I think we're going to see a lot more gems and possibly PT. I'm not in this space like you guys, mm-hmm. so I don't know that in, but at least for personal trainers, like... The more people that are building gyms and allowing others to come in and use that space, Mm -hmm. I think the better trainers will see. Because the ones that are actually in it for their clients and the people that can train their way, their style, and not feel suppressed by like a corporate gym, Mm -hmm. I think those are the trainers that start to flourish. Because you really see their personality around what they're doing. It's not that I didn't have my own personality while I was there, but you I'm just... I'm sure you had plenty. <laughs> <laughs> I do. But you still kind of feel like you're not you. You feel yeah. like you're having to watch what you do. You can only, like, I mean, if I didn't have a client at 8 o'clock at night, like, I saw I'd be there till 9. Yeah, like, it's like mom and dad are always watching. Yeah. You're not really sure why. Like, why do I need to stay an extra hour if I don't have any clients? It's not like yeah. I'm going to make a sale at 8 o'clock at night. And, like, like you're not a 17-year-old working in a frozen yogurt shop. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, you're a so, full-grown man and, like... Having your own business allows you, like you said, to like have clients based on the clients that will like work the best with you. Exactly. And like if when we get into this like cookie cutter care or like cookie cutter training, everybody gets the same thing, it's kinda of watered down, then like exactly. like are people getting the best results? I don't know. And and the other thing is like you get people that you might not be a good fit with. Yeah. Like, you know, if I don't feel like I'm a good fit with somebody, like I have no problem turning and saying, you know what? I don't know if we're a good fit, mm-hmm. but I think you might work really well. Like with this person that I know over here, you should go check them out. Yeah. And like I've, I've done that twice now and it, it feels great because then if I did like make the perfect match where I'm like, hey, this person would work really well and I gave that person business too. Like everybody wins in that situation. Yeah. Like I win because I'm not coming into work having to deal with a client that I know that I'm not a good fit yeah. with. That person gets a trainer that actually works well with them and their needs and now they get to make money and this person's happy with that training. And they enjoy it, yeah. Everybody's happy. So, you know, you go to that big box style gym and that's not the case always. Because no one's making enough money and so they all want, you know, it's like a scarcity mindset. You need hours. You just need hours. You're like, I don't care if this hour is going to be miserable and this person hates me, but I need this hour. Yep. Yeah. Or 30 minutes. (laughs) Oh, man. So. 30 minutes can last a long time when you're not. I can can tell you the worst client I think I ever had. (laughs) And I'll tell this one story. And no names. <laughs> I won't throw any names out there. I actually don't even quite remember his name. So that's a good thing. But I remember the only thing that he wanted to do was to run um, a sub six mile. That's all he wanted that's to do. That's it? That's it. That's all he wanted to do. And in my head, I'm like, 
how do I really train this guy to get faster? I was like, I mean, I can put him on the treadmill, but it was only a 30 minute session and he'd already show up like five, 10 minutes late. So you got 20 minutes. So we got like 20 minutes and I'm just sitting here like any weight training at all that we did, like he would just die. Like, I mean, he, like, I'm trying to fix his squat. Like I'm trying to teach him this. And he's just like not wanting to do any of that. So eventually, like, what it turned into was, like, he would just come in, and we would just try to, like, see how fast he could run for how long, because <laughs> that's all he wanted to do. Yeah. Because he looked at me one day, he was like, I don't want to lift any weights. And I was just like, but we need to, you know, have some resistance training. Like, that's was, what's going to get you faster. He's like, he's like, no, I just want to, like, keep pushing, like, on the treadmill. And I was just like, I mean, I was still pretty young at that time in training. So in my head, I was just like, you know what? Like, it's your money. If this is what you want, I'll give you that. So uh, we would sit there for 20 minutes and basically just run on a treadmill well, to try to help him. I don't know if he ever ran in sub six. I mean, but... we'll never know. Wow. <laughs> but I think there does come a point where like, you're like, I know we'll help you. I know, I know how to help you. And if they're like, no, I don't want to do it. Then you're right. It's their money. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to keep telling you that I, this is not it, but yeah. whatever. If you want to run on a treadmill for 20 minutes, the old saying is you can always lead a horse to water. You can't make him drink it. Yeah, so. exactly. That's so what it turned into. now that you've start, you've had your your business for two years, almost two years, yep. right? Coming up on two years. So what was that process like? How did you start? Oh man, so I was pretty lucky in the sense that I had a good friend who you know was in the space and you know has his own successful business, kind of as I guess you could say like a mentor and friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and he kind of helped me with like the whole LLC filing, and yeah. then you know I had some. I had a good fraternity brother who was an accountant, so I was able to talk to him about figuring out, like, the accounting side. Where'd you go to school? I went to USC Upstate. Oh, okay. In Spartanburg. And you said you so. went to, you were a business major? Business major, Okay. Yep. Well, I'm sure that helped. Minor in economics and then um, uh, just general business administration. Yeah. So, I, I always thought I'd be working in, like, corporate America, and I tried that Verizon. for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, not Verizon. <laughs> uh, that was not my picture of corporate America selling salt. So... But still, at least you, you had all that experience and, like, education. But yeah. most personal trainers, if they're exercise science majors, they don't have. Right. So it's kind of funny, you know, like, you, you sit there and think about it, and, and that's the thing that I always see is, like, the people that kind of didn't know they wanted to be a personal trainer, mm-hmm. like, usually have a business side, and then the people that went in with exercise science aren't always, like, the strongest on business. So it's kind of funny to see the blend of, like, yeah. how people think about it because you know to me like I'm always thinking numbers and you know marketing and mm-hmm. accounting and like all the back end stuff because to me it's like the training is actually the fun part like that's easy the mm-hmm. back of house stuff that nobody really knows that you're doing when you work for yourself yeah is the stuff that people don't understand takes the most time to actually like do um and it's it's tough I mean you you go train from 5 a.m. till 12 o'clock or sometimes, you know, my days are extended all the way from 5 a.m. to 5 p.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, with a little break in between for lunch. And then you go home at night, cook dinner, and then you get on the computer and you start, you know, punching in hours and doing accounting stuff mm-hmm. or trying to work on marketing to get your name out there. Um, and there's just so much more to it. So it's not like it just stops whenever your clients are gone. No. Um, and when you're a one-man show... I mean, you wear all the hats, Mm -hmm. you know, so marketer, accounting, trainer, (laughs) I mean, you go down the list, it's, it's all there. Having your own business means that it's never turned off. Like you never shut off. You're constantly, cause it's your livelihood. It's also your passion. That's why you created it. Exactly. So it's, it's, yeah, it's sometimes it's like, 
I don't want to work. I don't want to think about this. But then other times it's like, I, you know, you love work. You love thinking about it. Yep. Because you really enjoy it. Yeah. I do. I, I mean, I, I love I love the happiness that your clients get or my clients yeah. get. And, you know, as trainers, like if you're only doing it for the the financial reasons, I don't think you'll ever be as successful as somebody that does it for their clients. I don't go into fitness for, for the money. No. I mean, the average, the average personal trainer, I hate to say it, but I actually did this one night. I couldn't sleep. So I went on, went online and started Googling, like, you know, what the average person in South Carolina makes as a personal trainer. And it's $37,000 a year. That's what the average makes. And so it's so funny to think that, like, you know, when people get into this space and they think, like, oh, like, you'll make so much. And I'm like, there's a lot of back-end costs that people don't see. I mean, like me, if you got to pay rent. I mean, that can be expensive mm-hmm. if you're paying out a gym per time you see a client and then you have to give them, you know, X amount of dollars for that, then, you know, you may be charging $60 an hour, but maybe, you know, 25 of that's going to the space that you're renting yeah. as well. So therefore, like, what, what are your margins there? Mm-hmm. What about marketing to find new clients? Like, how much are you spending on that? Um, are you using Facebook ads now or yeah, Instagram that's ads? That's saying now, yeah. Um, and you start taking in all these costs, you know, and and then now you get to use your vehicle, okay? So now your vehicle is a work vehicle, mm-hmm. and how much are you putting into that? Um, and it just slowly accumulates, and you're looking at how much you bring in, and then how much you actually, you know, had to pay out, and you're like, oh, shoot, like the sales looked really good, and then you look mm-hmm. at paying off this that and the other and you're like well i actually only brought home half of that yeah okay so and and it's crazy to to think you know people people tell you you can make a lot of money but they don't really know how much goes into it yeah you can make a lot of money but you're also going to spend a lot of money yeah you got to spend a lot of money to make money though yeah and um in this day and age though i mean there's so much free publicity though so i mean i tell people all the time you know you you got to either especially with this whole COVID situation, mm-hmm. right? Like people are either trying to expand their business still during this time or they're basically, you know, contracting, you know, are you trying to hold on to everything that you have? Or are you still trying to expand? Mm-hmm. And we have so many ways of expanding. We have what we're doing now, podcasts, you have free marketing through Facebook and Instagram. Um, you have just word of mouth, you know, asking friends like, Hey, do you know anybody that's looking you know, mm-hmm. flipping from in-person to online training. Uh, nutritional coaching is something I added, you know, yeah. right before COVID and then, you know, got my certification there. And now it's like, all right, like I can do that online or in-person. So you always got to be thinking of different avenues to bring money in because, you know, when you get shut down in-person and we can't go see each other, like, well, how else am I going to help people? And so... You got to adapt. Yeah, and that's mm-hmm. why y'all were doing like a digital... Um, yeah, name's doing a telehealth <laughs> eval. Yep. So, I mean, you always got to be now thinking outside the box of what's normal. And the trainers that are always in-person trainers and aren't expanding onto like mm-hmm. the internet and being more digital are probably going to be left behind eventually. Unless you have a big enough book of business that you don't want to get into that space. And it depends on your comfort level mm-hmm. too. I think that's a good point because I think a lot of personal trainers rely on like that word of mouth you know, kind of how the way things used to be, but now like everything's online. Instagram is huge. Mm -hmm. Like all the digital, the online programming, nutrition coaching, like you can have such a bigger reach if you're online and the way that it's growing, like you said, like you might get left behind if you're not willing to like adapt with that because think about all the people that are like 
18 now, yep. they're going to be older soon and like they're used to Instagram. I yep. mean, maybe if you're personal training like 60 year olds, like they're <laughs> like, what's Instagram? I don't really care. But like as we start to get older and our business grows, we're, we're going to have to like cater to those that are younger yeah, than us. For sure. And, and that's a whole nother thing though is, you know, you have to be organic with your message too when you're marketing. I think so many people now with that space though also get away from who they really are. And it's so funny to see like certain people like on the internet, like getting outside of who you know they are. Mm-hmm. And then it's just doing it for the marketing to try to get the wrong type of clients or the to attract. Yeah. yeah. And so that's the other thing you got to, you got to understand is like, you know, those people tend to make a lot of money up front, but they don't actually know how to sustain their business. You know, it looks like they're running a really successful business mm-hmm. and we think they are, but they end up actually like on the flip side, you know, running the business into the ground because they don't actually know how to grow. Um, but and, if you're attracting the wrong clients. Yeah. I mean, you, you got to find your niche. Yes. Um, and, and that took me a while too to niche down. And I would say that with my online messaging and online training, like I've, I've niched down um, there quite a bit. But, mm-hmm. you know, in person, I've had just rock steady clients that have followed me from one place to another mm-hmm. and they've been my core now for I guess you could say three years that's awesome um I mean I have six clients that have been with me for two plus years uh three have been with me for three years um I mean when you can have that support mm-hmm. with your clients and have that retention it makes life a whole heck of a lot easier it's cause... way more fun when you oh, have a relationship absolutely. and you like you look forward to seeing them I mean, yeah. it, it almost becomes more of a friendship really than What do you feel like is your ideal client? I mean, honestly, my ideal client right now um, is, is parents. I'm really trying to focus in on parents right mm-hmm. now because for me, you know, I lost my father at a really young age. And so my biggest thing when I started kind of thinking about my, my client avatar of who I'd want to help, you know, for me, losing a parent at such a young age, like I now want to help parents who are out of shape and mm-hmm. have kids and are, I guess you could say if you're, if you're really trying to market this right now, so to speak, is like, you know, if you have kids, can you go outside and play with them for more than five minutes without getting out of breath? Mm-hmm. If your answer to that is no, then I want to help you because if you are already out of breath right now, if you're out of shape and say you have a daughter do you think that the rate that you're going with your health, you're going to be walking her down the aisle or is another guy going to be walking her down the aisle? Ooh. And if you can honestly look yourself in the mirror and say like, wow, like I, I need to change something. Then, you know, I'm your guy. I want to help you. Like, and the first thing we got to do is we've got to look at diet before we even really get to the exercise. And that's the other thing that I see so many trainers that go to is, and why I like the nutritional coaching side too is, you know, so many people out there like just want to pound the pavement on like, oh, calories in, calories out. You got to eat less. And I'm over here like, okay, well, what about your chronic dieter? Like your females. Like I work with a lot of women. Um, a lot of my women that come into me, like I have three of them that started with me at less than a thousand calories. I mean, that's yeah. that's very close to anorexia. Mm-hmm. Like your average five year old burns about fourteen hundred calories a day, mm-hmm. and you're gonna tell me. As a 35-year-old, you're going to eat less than 1,000 calories? It's crazy. So now we've got to start working on the personality of this person of, like, why don't you want to eat more? Mm-hmm. Like, what they're afraid of. And, I mean, and then they're like, well, I'm not losing any weight because 
your body's in starvation mode. Yeah. Well, your body, your body has a defense mechanism. You know, your metabolism will sit there and regulate itself to where if you're eating a thousand calories per se, just general, Yeah. excuse me. So you're eating a thousand calories and you know, this lady you're looking at her like, why is she like 40 pounds overweight? We're not seeing the scale move. Well, her body has adapted to only Mm -hmm. eating a thousand calories. So it's defense is to hold on to that food and then not actually burn it off. So what we start seeing there is we need to go into like a possible refeed. I mean, assuming everything else is healthy, you know, yeah. thyroid, hormones, HRA. Yeah, axes. well, then all that makes the hormones go out of whack too. Oh, God. Like, yeah. I mean, we can go down that rabbit hole, but I know we don't have enough time. But, <laughs> but you sit there and you start looking at it, you know, everything else is healthy, but, you know, she's just only eating a thousand calories. And then the next thing you know, she's coming in. She's got two kids. She's up all night. Work is super stressful. Then we're going to add physical stress of working out. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny that like I have one client. I'm like, hey, we're not really going to go super intense because you're already not getting enough sleep. So recovery is lacking. You're super stressed with your two kids. Your job is stressful. And now we're going to throw on even more without proper nutrition. Mm-hmm. I'm like, we're doing this backwards. Like, why are we going to sit here and keep adding more stress and have that cortisol hormone? That's a huge like, point to make. Yeah, That's our fight or flight, you know? And if we're getting that constant drip there, I mean, our body then feeds off the fats and we're just storing fat. So, yeah, no wonder we're not losing weight. Yeah. And so you start telling women, like, hey, you can actually eat more. And it's scary. Like, you, you, yeah. tell, you tell a client, like, hey, like, I'm not cutting your calories. I actually need to get you to homeostasis like i need to get you Mm -hmm. back to where maintenance is for how much you're actually back to baseline yeah and people don't people don't understand that how do you have that conversation uh well i mean you kind of look at them and go you're only going to get worse like the further we go down this rabbit Mm -hmm. hole the longer and more wrecked your metabolism is going to be so if you want to fix this this may be a long journey but we have to earn the right to actually lose weight. Yeah. Like so many, so many people need to hear that too because they think that they're in a calorie deficit. Why aren't they losing weight? And what you got to understand is you got to periodize both your training and your nutrition. Like when I go through training, I'm not maxing out every day, right? Like I have different phases in my training. Nutrition is the same way. We have preseason, postseason, in season, and then post postseason. So you think about it, like you break it down like that and you t- start taking a client. I mean, say in the extreme case, like somebody has been eating at like a thousand calories for years. That was or, my you know, lunch today. Right. <laughs> hey, I mean, I'm, a, I'm over here trying to eat like 3,300 exactly. calories. Like I'm expending about 4,000. I'm still like trying to get up there. I'm like, God, I can't eat anymore. I mean, my lunch today right close to that. And then, yeah, they're eating a thousand calories. I'm like, no wonder you feel horrible. Yeah, so, so then we go down that avenue, right? So, like, you're only eating 1,000 calories a day, and you're wondering why you still feel tired all day, why you need an afternoon nap, why you're constantly grumpy. I mean, why you're just, like, so irritable in the first place. Well, three hours of sleep, <laughs> not enough food, not enough recovery. And so we go down that rabbit hole of discovering, like, how do we get you to start eating a little bit more? Why won't you eat a little bit more? Mm-hmm. And what I've seen work really well is, you know, most of the women that we start to refeed, you know, there's, there's three things that are going to happen. You're going to have your hyper responder who starts to refeed and they lose weight and they make you look like a great coach. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Love those people. Yeah. Um, they're the ones you see on my Instagram. Um, and then you, uh, you sit there and you have the other people who really and truly, they're just going to kind of say, 
the same. You know, they might have a little weight fluctuation here or there, but you know, really nothing's going to change. And then you have your other people that you're going to have to have the conversation of like, hey, like we might add a few pounds here and there, but we're going to do it slowly. Like it's not going to be all at once. We're going to slowly work you up to get to maintenance. And then you have to keep having that conversation of like, bear with me. Like when we do get you to maintenance, we are then going to take you back down and you'll see that weight loss. Um, and I mean, I had a client for two years of trying to get that home to her of like, Hey, like I need you to eat this. I need you to eat that. I need you to work your way up. And before you know it, like we lost 45 pounds in five months. Wow. So, I mean, like there's extreme cases. Like, I mean, if you've been a chronic dieter going from fad diet to fad diet, so we have keto right now, we have intermittent fasting. Everyone. We have, I mean, God, I can't even keep up one meal a day now. Like people are on, like, I'm like, what? what? Yeah, I know. I found the a unicorn the other day actually um she told me she was keto and one meal a day oh literally shocked me are you um, eating like 300 calories she's eating a total of 700 a day but like i don't so. i guess i don't understand why like how they got to that point where they're like this is what i need to do like i don't i don't feel healthy at all and this is going to be the thing that that helps you, you know what's even crazier is she has a doctor that is watching her like it, it was somewhat doctor prescribed i guess as she put it that way like she came up with the idea because she saw results before on it but really if we look at it in the grand scheme of things what are we really doing like with your intermittent fasting or any diet that you try when you see those first 30 days of results it's just kind of a shock to the body like it's not really you know it's it's then we go back to the term you know calories in calories out like intermittent fasting why does it work so well well intermittent fasting works so well because if you're able to control your calories in and stay in a deficit you're gonna see weight loss right yeah okay but what happens when you hit that plateau are you then going to take your calories back up so you can get back to maintenance before dropping again or are you just going to stay there because you're like no intermittent fasting worked and then they stay there and they don't understand that it still needs to be periodized. Like, mm-hmm. I don't care. Like, when, when, when clients come to me and they say, like, hey, I'm doing intermittent fasting. Like, this is how much I'm eating a day. This is what I'm eating. I always look at them and I go, okay, cool. Like, if you feel like you can stay compliant with intermittent fasting, rock on. Let's do it. But we still need to look at how many calories are coming in and how many calories are going out. Mm-hmm. Like, in any diet, and I'm actually currently, like, writing a whole like mini ebook on like build your own diet. Oh, I call it BYOD. BYOD. BYOD, build your own diet. And I don't care if you want the taco diet. Like, hey, I'm all about some tacos. Like we can fit that in there. If you need to drink, you know, one or two days a week, we can fit that in there. Like what's gonna work for your lifestyle so you have happiness, you have the body you want, you get to eat the things you want in whatever controlled scenario you have. Like it does not matter what diet you're on because any dietary protocol will work if you're compliant. It won't work if you deviate. Yeah, if it's not sustainable, then what's the point? It's a, sh- a short-term fix. Right. And we're playing the long game here. You always need to play the long game when it comes to dieting. Like, And if you're going to pick another diet, pick a diet that you look at and you say, can I do this for the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years? If you look at it and you say, no, I can't do that for the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years, then you don't need to be on that diet. And so that's my biggest crutch with Mm -hmm. everybody in this whole fad diet phase that we're in because of the online space is like, just pick what you can sustain for a long time. Because the more you yo-yo and go from fad diet to fad diet, just the further we're going down to not being able to repair the damage that you're doing. So 
it's it's just a tough space to try to have that conversation with people. What I don't get is why like it can't be simple. Like people always have to have like a specific name for their diet and it has to be keto, it has to cut something, it has to be intermittent fasting. I'm like, why can't we just like eat regularly intentionally and like eat healthy? I mean, it just could all be so simple, but then everyone's now into like the supplements and having this before bedtime and this detox when you wake up and I just don't understand. I'm like, can you just try like the easiest thing yeah. at first? Well, it's like people nowadays, they go, uh, you know, no carbs after eight and I'm what? actually on the opposite side of that. I'm like, well, let's look at, you know, when are you waking up and doing your workout? Yeah. Like, for me, like, I'm in early morning doing two workouts a day right now, mm-hmm. so I get one workout early in the morning, and then I get one in the afternoon. Well, why am I not going to have, when I wake up and train in the morning, like, the last thing I ate before I went to bed is the first thing I'm going to burn. Mm-hmm. Well, if I'm going for a long run, like, why wouldn't I sit there, like, you know, you see all your marathoners, like, eat those carbs at night. If they're slower digesting and then I go run, like I'm gonna use that for fuel. That's the first thing my body's gonna go to. So why because not? People wanna people say like, well, if I, there's nothing in my body, then my body just has to burn what what the fat and like what's already on my body. Right. I'm like, how are you gonna be fueled to even do what you wanna do? And like like what you said before, like you're stressed, you don't sleep, blah blah blah, and then you add the physical stress of working out and people are like, Oh, it's good for you, working out is good for you. I'm like, your body and your brain senses stress is all the same. It's stress. Like, you have to earn your workout. Why would we add more stress when stress is the thing that's bringing you down so much? Recovery is the number one thing that people do not understand in the space. Nope. They, they don't understand that because you're taking them into a hit workout, but yet this person, excuse me, this person is already highly stressed and cortisol levels are super high. And then we're going to intensify that with a mm-hmm. hit workout for an hour. Ooh. And, and, or, thir- I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I've seen it. Like, yeah. I mean, I've seen it before. I'm like, you know, this person just looks like they're about to peel over and die. And, you know, you're wondering why they're coming back to you and you're not seeing results. I'm like, so the person needs recovery. First of all, like, they're probably low carb. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, I'm like, if cortisol is high, I was like, what do we get to bring cortisol levels down? Carbs. Eat your damn carbs. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, when it comes like, to carbs, like, you're allowed to cut. <laughs> like, like Jesus. Like let's get some carbs in this person, please. Carbs like I'm so even, demonized. I don't care where you get your carbs. Just eat some carbs. Yeah. Like Let it come in and soak it all up, please. Because I mean, we need to stop demonizing certain foods. Like food is food. Like caloric intake is caloric intake. I don't care whether you get it from carbs, protein, fats. Mm-hmm. Or if you go keto and you get it from just proteins and fats, like that's fine. Like whatever you like, but just make sure that it's sustainable for you and you enjoy it. Like, you shouldn't look forward to your diet. You should look forward to your diet. You shouldn't not look forward to it. Like when you wake up and you're like, oh man, like all I want is, you know, some bread today and you're on a ketogenic diet. Well, like instantly you're already ruining yourself and your diet mm-hmm. because you're taking your body and telling it it can't have something. I mean, it's like telling a kid not to touch the hot stove. Like, <laughs> let him touch the hot stove, he'll learn real quick not to touch it when you tell him no. Like, that's what we're telling our body. Like, no, you can't have that, but then we want it even more, and then you're so stressed out from not having it that it creates even more stress on top of it. So this whole cycle, cycle. just does yeah, not exactly. make any sense. Like, why? Like, bread. You're going to be fine. If you eat a piece of bread, like, you're not going to blow up. You're going to be fine. I, I think it's so funny. So I'm doing this challenge. I'm doing the 75 hard challenge right now, right? What so, so it's Andy Frisella's challenge, um, kind of mental toughness challenge. Mm-hmm. So it's read 10 pages a day, um, 
take a progress picture every day, two workouts a day, one must be outside for 45 minutes. Wow. So, um, pick a diet, follow the diet, mm-hmm. no cheat meals, no alcohol, 75 days. There you go. That's when what did you, you start? Do. I'm on day <laughs> 50. I'm on day 50. So, <laughs> oh, you're almost yeah, there. On day 50, awesome. 25 days left. So I started May 19th. Yeah. Um, and I did it to help a friend out that said he wanted to do it. And I was like, hey, I'll be your accountability partner. That's awesome. Right? Um, but I mean, I love it because, and what I've discovered in this is like the, the autonomy within my diet, right? You know, it says no cheat meals, but like, what is exactly a cheat meal? Like, is that home team? No, <laughs> I mean like, you know, for me, like, I feel like every person in their right mind kind of knows what a cheat meal is, mm-hmm. but what my cheat meal is and what your cheat meal yeah. is might be two different things. Because if you're putting restrictions on what you can eat, like you're then thinking of that as a cheat meal. Whereas like me, like I'm over here like, shoot, it's 10 o'clock, I need to go to bed, I still need 356 mm-hmm. calories, and I'm like, okay, let me go get some peanut butter, make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich before bed, I need the bread, I need the carbs, I need some fat, like I'm Perfect. low on both, I'm yeah. going to get a little bit of protein, cool, like go to bed. So every night Did I've Did you been... explode because no. you had carbs after eight? No. You know Whoa. what's funny? You know what's funny is me eating every night a PB&J actually while I've been doing this because mm-hmm. I fit it into my macro prescription because yeah. I said I was going to do a macro prescription diet mm-hmm. um, is actually <laughs> I, I've eaten one every night before I've gone to bed and I'm down 2% body fat. You're like, I look the best that I've ever looked. I'm like, I'm, I'm over here like, Jesus Christ. Like, I mean, I'm looking better and better every day. Granted, I'm doing two workouts a day. But, but you need fuel for that. Right. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sitting over here taking an ample amount of, you know, food. And all I'm seeing is my body get leaner and leaner and leaner. And I'm still having a PB&J every night before bed. Like. That's goals right there. I mean, that's BYOD I'm right there. That. I mean, that's goal BYOD. BYOD. I mean, right? Like, I mean, why are, yeah. why are we demonizing this stuff? People like, need to find what works best for them. And like what you said, like long-term. If you're telling yourself, like, I'm not going to eat bread, are you never going to have bread? No, like, of course you are. That's the first you thing you're going to have. need a diet that you have a bagel every day, like, eat the bagel. Like, you're fine. It's yeah. going to be fine. I mean, let's think about it this way. Like, you know, you tell somebody, you know, I hear this all the time. Oh, well, you need to, like, cut out alcohol. Okay. If you have to have alcohol in your diet cool i'm not going to shame you from having alcohol but you need to understand like how your body reacts to alcohol and why it is that you know when you drink alcohol that you know it's you know think about it this way proteins and carbs are you know four four grams you know mm-hmm. four calories per gram your fats are nine calories per gram mm-hmm. alcohol is seven calories per gram right but when we drink alcohol we sit there and we take it in and our body instantly goes whoa what is this? We recognize four and nine, but we don't recognize seven, right? So instantly your body is going to attack that alcohol. Well, what happens to the food that you just ate, especially if it's like high in fat, like far food is? Well, instantly your body kind of puts that off to the side and then starts mm-hmm. trying to process the alcohol. So it's not the alcohol in and of itself that's causing you to gain weight. It's the food that you're pairing with your alcohol and the fact that if you do have just one glass a night, like you're just restarting this process of your body shifting your food over here to the side, not processing it or metabolizing it like it should. So instead, I rather have a client that tells me, "Hey, like I'm just gonna go drink a liter of vodka on Saturday and get hammered." <laughs> and I'm like, "You know what? You go do All that. Right. 
And then we built a dietary protocol yeah. around that of like, hey, like you might feel like crap on Sunday, but you know what? We're going to do X, Y, and they're Z. They're probably used to that if they're used to drinking a liter of vodka. Right. But yeah. you know, like everybody tells me, they're like, oh man, I can't cut out alcohol. I'm like, that's fine. I was like, if you can't cut out alcohol, that's fine. But I'm going to ask you one of two things. I'm like, each individual is different, but I also am going to ask you to pick one to two nights, hopefully back to back, because what ends up happening is, you know, every time we drink alcohol, our body kind of resets. Like, it starts the process all over again. So you're telling me, if I get drunk on Friday, I have to get drunk on Saturday, too. Yeah, absolutely. But then Sunday... It's good sun- for a wedding weekend, right? right? <laughs> but then but then Sunday through through Friday, like, yeah. we need to be, like, pinpoint accuracy. Like, we need mm-hmm. to sit there and go, like, be on top of it, hit our calories. And then, you know, we make the adjustments for you on the weekend to have that yeah. alcohol, to take it all in. And I'm probably going to tell you, like, hey, try to eat something that's low in fats. And if we do that, like, we can still see weight loss. It may not yeah. be, like, the six-pack abs ready for the beach, but we can still get you to a comfortable place where your lifestyle fits what you're taking in and you're allowed alcohol. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, like, it's doing, like, yeah, I would probably never tell someone to drink a liter of vodka, but, like, whatever, probably. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do it. I know, I know. Whatever, <laughs> we'll see, yeah. But, like, if you having a few drinks on a Friday or Saturday night allows you to, like, enjoy your life let loose hang out with your friends and then like be productive and do your shit throughout the week then like do it like life is all about a balance it's not going to kill you like do what you think you can sustain exactly the other thing that i think we have to look at is the psychological effect of like everybody seeing magazine covers and wanting to look like the six packs you know for summer magazine cover and people not understanding that like that takes a lot of hard work and if you ask those people that are looking mm-hmm. like that, they will probably tell you that they have problems with food themselves. Yeah. Like, they may look really good, but I can go ahead and tell you right now, like, they're sitting there worried about their carbs just as much as you are. They're worried about their protein just as much as you are. So, like, you have to find, like, what you actually want and how you want to feel and listen to the biofeedback of your body, right? Like, are you getting adequate sleep? Is your sex drive still good? Like... Do you feel sluggish throughout the day? You know, how are your hormones? How's your thyroid working? How's your gut feel? It's so much more than you having a six pack. Like, no like, one cares. No, like, <laughs> no one cares matter. if you have a six pack. People want you to be a nice person. And if you're fun and friendly, like, and happy and you contribute, like, no one cares. No. Yeah. And everyone's just like, oh, well, they have a six pack. Like, they must be happy. Happy. It's like if whenever you have aesthetic goals versus performance goals, like it gets pretty tough because like as soon as you meet your performance goals, I guarantee you're going to look great. Like I guarantee you're going to most of the time, like uh, for me, like I have more experience with CrossFitters. Like you get stronger, you lift more weights, you do better in the gym. Like you're going to start looking like you perform. You're going to look stronger. Like for girls, like you might look a little bit bigger, but that's okay. Like we like, we like gains. We like being strong. But if you're just like, I'm going to do everything just to have a six pack. Like I'm not going to eat. I'm not going to drink. I'm going to hate my life so that when I go to the beach with my friends, I have a six pack. But turns out when you go to the beach with your friends, you're miserable, but you have six packs. That's all that matters. (laughs) right like yay cool you did it i mean but here's the thing though when you talk about you know performance and aesthetics i mean i would throw in you know longevity too Mm. so like think of it as the triangle of awareness right so if we draw a triangle up top we have longevity down to our left we have performance and then over to the right we have aesthetics so if i if i gave you a pen right now and told you like hey show me inside the triangle of awareness where you want to be longevity performance or aesthetics 
Well, the further you get away from one or the yeah, other, the more you give up that, right? So if you're all the way down here on aesthetics, you're probably going to give up your longevity and your performance mm-hmm. because you're going for aesthetics. And like you just said with CrossFit, like, yeah, you'll start to look a little bit better when you start doing CrossFit. But tell me the last time that somebody really cared about their six pack that's standing on the podium. Like Matt Frazier and Rich Ronning, they did not have the perfect six pack for the magazine cover when they were winning the CrossFit games. I'm sorry. No, like, and like both of them, yeah. <laughs> like you need those fats in your body in order to protect your body from yeah. basically just you know, fatiguing out after what, what is it, like oh my God, a million two weeks ago. worth? I would say worth. Rich Froning looks pretty good now. I mean, he does. <laughs> like, I haven't seen him lately since his Netflix. But dude, those are like the but, elite. But we're talking about the elite of the yeah. elite, right? But like, even them though, like, yes, they have plenty of muscles and they can get their six pack back whenever they want to when they want to go towards aesthetics. Mm-hmm. But they're not going to win the CrossFit Games while looking aesthetically pleasing. So that's that whole triangle of awareness. Like, you know, if Nancy from down the street comes to me and yeah. she's like, hey, I just want to be healthier. I want to drop a few pounds. Like, she doesn't give a shit about PRing. Like, she's not over here trying to squat 200 pounds. She wants to be healthier. Come on, Nancy. Right? Like, I mean, she just wants to be healthier and she wants to look a little bit better. Yeah. So she's right there kind of in the middle. Like, Perfect. she wants to see her grandkids grow up in the whole nine yards. So, like... Why do we care about, you know, performance then? So it's all about the triangle of awareness of, like, where you want to be inside of that and knowing what you might have to give up in order to be here or there. Oh, yeah. And it's, like, always depending on the person in front of you. And, like, we're not Rich Froning. We're not Matt Frazier. Most of us are never going to be CrossFit elite athletes. So it's, like, like you said, if I go to the Cross... I I go to CrossFit and I crush myself every single day, six to seven days a week, then, like, I'm going to lose longevity. I don't have exactly like where's my recovery I'm not gonna be happy I'm probably stressed I'm anxious about this like how's my performance if I only care about performance so it's like you have to have a balance in your life it's like why are we doing the things that we do I mean your adrenals are shot when you get done with the CrossFit games I'm sorry oh my god I mean they take like months off Oh, yeah. Like, they take a while because it's so much. But then you have those guys that are sitting there, you know, going to, like, competition after competition after competition just trying to make it there. Mm. And by the time they get to the games, they flatten out because they haven't recovered. Like, the guys that are sitting there winning and podium at the CrossFit Games, like, they understand that the recovery is necessary in order to win the CrossFit Games. Because it just depletes you so much. And it can cause so many issues when you get to the highest of the highest level in the CrossFit Games, that you need to allow the body to come back to homeostasis, even from being a max performer. It's like, like why are you always pouring it out? Like, you can't drink water if you're always pouring it out. Like, you exactly. got to fill it back up. you got to refill the tank. People are like, so. well, i got to be stronger. i got to be faster. I'm just going to go, 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 go. And I'm, all, I'm also like, what are we chasing here? We're <laughs> yeah. not going to be these elite athletes. If, if we make fitness just like a fun thing... It helps you look better. It helps you feel better. It's a fun thing to do with friends and like exactly stop being so hard on yourself. It's all about the vision too of what you have. I think every individual, whenever they come in, whether it's nutrition or personal training and, you know, performing, like what is your overall vision? Like you, you need to have a vision of what you want to look like and what you want to feel like. And like if your trainer is able to take you there to like the vision that you actually have and dig a little bit deeper, mm-hmm. like I know that it always tends to come back to you know, for, for me working with mainly general population, like, you know, it always comes back to weight loss, right? That's Mm -hmm. the general goal of why most people come to see us. But, you know, they sit there and they say they want weight loss. Well, what does it look like when you're 30 pounds lighter? Like, is that really what's making you happy? 
Or is it the fact that you have that goal and you just think 30 pounds lighter is going to make mm-hmm. you happier? Like, because I guarantee you, like, I've gotten down to where I have clients where they come to me, they're like, yeah, I need to get down to this weight for my wedding or this, that, and the other. I'm like, okay, but is that really, like, you know, what you want? Or do you just want to, like, feel better about yourself, come in, work out, like, mm-hmm. you know, feel like you did something and you weren't lazy? And, like, if your vision is 30 pounds, okay, I bet you at 15 pounds and we look a little bit more muscular and toned, Mm -hmm. you're going to be just as happy when we drop two or three inches as well. It's like, what is your why? Like, Why do you need to lose that 30 pounds? Why do you need to look a certain way in your wedding dress? And like, those are all fine things to want. Like everybody wants similar things. But I think, like you said, like getting down to like, why? Like, is it because you're going to feel better? Yeah. Yes. Eventually that's, that's what we all want. If you can't point out your actual why, then you probably should take another look before you go and pay a bunch of money for a personal trainer and nutrition coach. And that's just, or if you don't know your why, maybe you find a good coach and they can help you find it. But I guarantee you it's not usually what you think it is when you first start. I feel like most coaches, well, no, that's a lie. I feel like the coaches that I know, like you, I feel like you would get down to their why. Like you just, you told me earlier, like being a a personal trainer, you're almost like their therapist. Like you're their trainer, their friend, their therapist. Yeah. Like you, you want them there. You want to help them. So you've got to figure out why they want to be there. Yeah. I mean, there's days that I've had, I've had female clients come in to me and they're just complaining about their significant other. Like, oh, he's not doing this or he's not doing that. And I just look at them sometimes. I'm like, all right, hey, here you go. We throw on some punching, you know, some yeah. some gloves and we go hit the punching <laughs> bag. I'm like, I'm like, just picture his face like right oh here. Oh my gosh. And it's so funny though. Like just let him get the therapy out and the stress out. And just like, hey, we're not going to go worry about like fixing your squat today or like, you know, hitting some bench press or whatever it is that you're taking them through. I'm like, mm-hmm. here, just come over here. Let's have some fun. Like, de-stress. Throw, throw, you know, some punches at his face or pretend, you know, and just just enjoy, you know, training, getting a good sweat, and releasing, you know, all the tension that you have built up. Because a lot of times there's just more in there than what meets the eye and what people will tell you. Because mm-hmm. most clients aren't going to tell you right off the bat when you do a program design session with them. Like, they're not going to tell you all of this. Like you have to really dig deeper into finding out like what it is that people really want. And you're not going to get that on the first try. No. So like once you lucky, figure that out, you'd be lucky. Yeah. But over time, if it's a good personal trainer, um, they'll figure it out and they'll, they'll ask questions. Um, or at least in my space, I've seen the ones that have the best results with clients tend mm-hmm. to be the ones that dig deeper with their clients and find out their why. Um, and so I always come back to that with people like, what is your real purpose? And, you know, I've even had clients come to me that really wanted weight loss and then they discovered like, Hey, they don't really like giving this up or that up to get to like that goal that they have. And they're like, okay, I'm actually pretty happy here. I just want to make sure that like, you know, I don't miss any sessions cause I feel good though after like we get done. Yeah. I'm like, okay, well I'm like, if that's your goal, then that, I'm on board. Yeah. Like, cool. If, like if they realize they're like, Oh, I don't need to look a certain way. I just want to feel better and I want to make sure I'm healthy. Like. Even better. Yeah. yeah. What is a program design session? Uh, so program design session is something that I picked up, I guess, from O2. So it's just like when you have like an onboarding session, yeah. so to speak. Mm-hmm. So first time you're meeting a client, you come in, kind of see where they're weak, what you need to do to like fix certain things. So like mm-hmm. if you need to fix somebody's squat um, or if they have like any imbalances, um, you are kind of noticing this on the first meeting. So that way, whenever you go sit down with them, you're like, hey, I noticed. Like an eval. Yeah, Yeah. eval for you guys. Um, You know, for us, we call it PDS, Program Design Session. 
uh, that's just the environment of what we called it whenever I first came in uh, to the space. So I just keep calling it that. But yeah. ultimately, I call it a get to know you session. Yeah. <laughs> see An what intro. You can, yeah. I mean, see what you can do, what you can't do, and then like how we're going to work around to fix it. Um, because what a lot of people I see with group classes, at least, is mm-hmm. I, I get people all the time. They're like, oh, yeah, you just go to like F45 or Orange Theory and you know, it's a big group class. And I think it's great for beginners. But the other thing that I hate about it is like you don't get one on one time with somebody to fix your squat or other imbalances that you're going to have that end up actually hurting you down the line. Like you'll see weight loss because it's high intensity and things like that. You're getting good sweat, but like the actual mechanics of the body, like we're not really fixing that. Mm-hmm. And so that's why like, I think one-on-one training is so great because then we can dive in a little bit deeper and actually take you away from just like hitting like air squat after air squat whenever just you're running and running and running and running. Yeah. I mean like there's yeah. so many different things that you can do with a client one-on-one that you can't do in big group classes. So I always tell people, I'm like, you, you kind of, I even tell people all the time, I'm like, Hey, you can come to me at first. Like let's fix some things, get you some personal attention. And then I hope, and, and I tell people this all the time. I'm like, I don't care if you're with me forever. I actually don't want you to be with me forever. Cause I don't want you to be dependent upon me. Mm-hmm. I want you to be like a kindergartner. And then I want to take you all the way to high school and I want you to graduate. And I want yeah. you to go off to college. And I want you to be able to go work out on your own and know and be educated enough to be able to do this on your own. I mean, is it great when you have a client for, you know, X number of years and you keep them for a long time and they're returning? Yeah, that's awesome. Like, you know, it makes your core easier when it comes to the business side. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, like, I want everybody that I touch to be able to go do this on their own. And then still 5, 10, 15 years down the road, still have success and have the principles of understanding fitness and nutrition Mm -hmm. and what it means to them and how it works. And so that's what I always tell people. I'm like, I I love you. I don't want you to really leave. But at the same time, I'm like, I do. Because then that means if I see you have success after me, then I actually did my job. Yeah. Like you helped them become independent. You've form that foundation baby birds gotta leave the nest eventually exactly and it creates autonomy you know it creates a sort of self-law within yourself that you're able to then go govern yourself in the gym and be like hey like i learned how to do this with tyler and now i don't need him but i can thank him for getting me to this place Mm -hmm. and that's really the ultimate thing that that as coaches and trainers we should want i would say the same thing for pts yeah like we all want people to be healthier we all want people to do whatever X, Y, and Z for their lifestyle change. And so there aren't enough people for, there aren't, there are way too many people in the world for us to see everyone all the time. Right. So it's like, we treat them, we give them all the tools they need. And I always tell people, I'm like, they're like, how are you going to fix me? I'm like, I'm not fixing you. Yeah. I'm giving you the tools so that we can manage this problem together. Like we're their guide. And then eventually they become independent. Yeah. I mean, if, if you think about it, like if you're, in a PT setting, if they're constantly coming back to you, like, are you technically fixing them? Oh, like, like you know, like, like, are you, are you they're really like, yeah, actually I've been a PT for years? I'm like, well, is it helping? And they're like, oh, no. no. I'm like, so if you go to PT to get out of pain or to get stronger or X Y Z, and you still haven't gotten it after a few years, like maybe your expectation was just wrong. I mean, I hear it with PTs, I hear it with chiros, like, it's just maybe we're not doing the thing <laughs> that's causing the actual change, like. Yeah, there's there's a lot of layers there for sure. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's like if I went to see you three times a week for a whole year and I made no improvements, I didn't lose any weight. If that was my goal, I didn't gain any weight. Like I literally was the same. 
I'd be like, well, what did we just do? <laughs> I mean, there's exactly. no, but like, there's also no way that would happen. You know, yeah. like if I come to you and I, I squat, I deadlift, I work out, you help my nutrition, like you will always see a massive change. Yeah. You always see a shift. If anything, you'll see a massive change in the fact that, you know, you're, you're better now than you were when you came in. Cause I mean, I've had clients who literally like come to me, they're like, I'm not losing any weight. I go, well, I mean, are you doing the other five things that I told you to do outside, like with your diet? Because I'm like, I can, I can, I can run you to death mm-hmm. inside the gym and give you a great workout and make sure you're sweating and it looks like a great workout. That's fine. But I was like, are you doing everything else? Like, are you sleeping enough? Are you recovering? Are you eating what I'm telling you to eat? Mm-hmm. Like, because I can't put the fork to your mouth. <laughs> like, yeah. I can't force feed you to do what I'm telling you. So it's those things that outside of when you're with your coach, like. Your coach isn't your savior. I mean, they're there to lead you, but they're not going to save you. You have to save yourself. Yeah. And if you don't save yourself, then nobody is going to be able to help you. I don't care how long you're with somebody. Like, it just doesn't work that way. Like, take ownership. 100%. Like, I mean, if you don't take ownership of yourself, you'll never actually see the results that you keep talking about. And I think that's the number one thing holding most people back is, you know, not understanding, like, all right, am I actually taking this serious or am I thinking that they're going to fix me mm-hmm. without me having to actually do the work? No, you're going to have to work. You're going to have to work hard, but I promise it's worth it. Yeah. I said last to someone else like a couple weeks ago, we're not saying that it's easy. We're saying that it's worth it. Yeah. Like you said, always got to play the long game because if anything is the short-term fix, it's not going to be, it's not going to last. Like it's not going to be what you're looking for. It's why my minimum to work with me is three months. Like I tell people yeah. right up front, I go, I don't sell short-term fixes. I don't sell you a 30-day detox or a 14-day detox. Like, I, Looking I'm, for three Charleston women who yeah. want to transform their lives in two weeks. Like, what? I can't do anything in two weeks. Right? Like, like and then, all right, well, let's take that. I mean, like, after the 30 days, after your sprint challenge is over, like, and you go back, like, are you implementing the same thing that you learned in those 30 days and, like, carrying that on? Because if not, you're just going to see your weight come back. It's like all these detoxes that are out there and, like, juice cleanses and everything like that. Like... The reason you're losing weight is because you're in a caloric deficit. You're drinking juice all day. Like, that's all you're doing. And then, like, (laughs) your body's not getting the proper calories that it needs through these juice cleanses. And, yes, the transformation photos look so good. Yes. Woo. But then let's see you three months down the road, and let's see if that beginning photo looks the same. Because I guarantee you, your beginning photo here, and then three months down the road, if your diet never fixed after you did that 14-day detox you're gonna look the same like there's just no way around it feel worse yeah and then you're gonna feel discouraged and like why didn't this work why didn't i keep the weight off well such a cycle because you sat there and put a band-aid on an open wound (laughs) like we didn't do anything to actually fix the root cause yeah so everybody needs to quit looking for the band-aids play the long game like i remember when i got up to my heaviest i was 205 and i saw a picture of myself at my best friend's bachelor party and i was like holy cow, who's that guy? Like, because we keep telling ourselves, like, you know, oh, I went to the gym a little bit here. Like, I can get away with eating this. Like, I can go, go, go. And then, like, it, you look in the mirror one day and you just see it. And you're like, holy cow, like, where did this guy show up at? And then all of a sudden, like, you just have to look at yourself in the mirror and say, hey, like, I've got to start making the change. I mean, I saw that and was like, I got six months to get ready for my best friend's bachelor party, or wedding. Oh, yeah. So, like, I sat there and, like, went to work at 7 a.m., but I was waking up at 4.35 o'clock to go to the gym before I went to work. Because when I'm, was that? 
This was four and a half years oh, ago. Oh, okay. So before yeah. you started. Yeah, before I started. As a business. So, yeah, yeah. it was kind of crazy how it all, like, snowballed, like, really quickly. I feel like it, it so. always happens. Like, everybody who sits in that chair is like, I had this experience that affected me. Yeah. And this is what I did about it. And now I want to help everybody do the same thing. Like, yeah. we're all sitting here because we had this positively affect our lives, whether that's, like, fitness, lifestyle, nutrition, PT. And so now we want to spread that. Yeah. It, it, it's all one and the same. I mean, we just have different avenues of helping people. And yep. so, I mean, that's what I tell everybody all the time. I'm like, yeah, I know what it's like to be a little fat. Like, <laughs> I, I've been there. And trust me, like, it sucks. And it's hard. And people look at you weird. Like, that's the other thing. Like, if, if you're trying to lose weight and have a healthier lifestyle, you might need to get rid of some friends. Like, to be honest, like, because I know that from where I, the people I was hanging out with four years ago compared to who I mm-hmm. hang out with now... Like, I've elevated. Like, I've gotten around better people. I have better coaches. Like, I have a coach myself. Mm-hmm. Like, I have a mentor for my business. Like, the people that I'm surrounding myself with now, like, want to see change. They, they have the same ideas that I actually have. Whereas the people four years ago that I was hanging around, like, they only wanted to drink. They only wanted to party. Like, they wanted to eat poor. And, like, if you're around that, like, that's what you're going to do because that's mm-hmm. your environment. You, it, it's the old saying. You are a product of your environment. So if you want to make change, what makes you think that you're going to be able to create change if you're around the same people that are doing the things that created the bad image that you have about yourself? And when you start to kind of push those people away or tell them to get on board and support you, mm-hmm. like you're never going to move forward because you're constantly going to have people that don't want to see you succeed because they don't want to succeed. So my, my biggest advice to people is like, Change your circle of friends if they're not on board with helping you and being supportive of like your change and healthier lifestyle. And once you do that, you'll actually feel a lot more free because you don't have those people holding you back. And you have people around you that they all have goals. They all want to be successful. They want to see you succeed. Like yeah. they're looking for more. You need people to help push motivated you. Motivated people. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the way I look at it at least. Definitely. <laughs> all right. So now getting back to you so uh, as a personal me? trainer. What do you feel like you struggle with the most day-to-day life? 4 a.m. wake-up calls? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, honestly, that's a very valid answer. You wake up at 4 every uh, day? Not quite every day. Um, three to four days a week. you work out in the morning and then you go train. Um, yeah, usually what happens is I have a 5 a.m. client okay. and then um, some days I have a gap in between him. So that's when mm-hmm. I'll hit my first workout. Mm-hmm. Um you know, my schedule is always shifting, you know, yeah. it, it's always funny because like people, you try to get them on the same routine and mm-hmm. for the most part, like I have that with a lot of my clients. Um, but you know, you always have that shift here and there. Like you always have people like, Hey, I can't do it that day. Life I need to shift here. Yeah. I mean, and it's fine. So, I mean, that's really the biggest struggle is like my schedule is controlled chaos. But once you kind of like, one of the big things that's helped me, I think this year, especially since COVID, like mm-hmm. COVID was actually like a blessing and a curse. Because I really got to hone in on like where my business was weak and where I was weak. And so like taking ownership of my schedule. So like it used to just be like, oh, like, yeah, I'm done at this time. Like, I guess I'll go do it this time. Like, no, like put it in your schedule. Like when you're going to work out, when you're going to read, when you're going to do X, Y, and Z and put a timestamp on it. Mm -hmm. You're like 10 times more likely to actually get it done if it's in your calendar with a time next to it. Like I hear people all the time that tell me like my online clients are like, yeah, I think I'm going to work out tonight. I'm like, okay, are you going to work out tonight or do you think you're going to work out tonight? And if you say tonight, what time tonight? Because time I make them say I'm going to work out at this time and then I can text you 
hey, you in the gym? Yes. Okay, cool. And I just see it works a lot better, like, in my life and in my client's life of, like, hey, like, put a time stamp on it, actually say when you're going to do it, and then do it. So, I mean, for me, like, that was my schedule. That was my biggest struggle. And now that I have ownership of that, I would say that I have more control over it. Yeah. Um, And getting things done in my life. Day planning and, like, block scheduling is huge. Absolutely. Okay, so what do you feel like you're really great at? Um... I would say I'm really great at making women enjoy the gym. I, I tell people all the time, I, I don't know if this is a good analogy or a bad analogy, but I'm sort of like the, the planet fitness for women for when it comes to personal trainers. <laughs> like the and, goals and, for and, women. And so yeah. what I mean by that is like, you know, like people go to planet fitness because they don't want to be judged, right? And a lot of my women that come to me, like a lot of them have never worked out before. They're really scared of big gyms. Mm-hmm. They want a small setting. And so we're able to provide that and I'm able to make them learn and have fun and like understand like how to move and work out without making it seem like, you know, this scary thing. Yeah. Like, you know, I want people to come in, laugh, have fun, look forward to seeing me in the mornings because if your clients look forward to seeing you, they're going to keep coming back Mm -hmm. and then they're going to enjoy the gym and then they're going to tell other people about you. So like you got to... You got to connect with your clients on more than just knowing like what you need to do for their program. You need yeah. to make them want to come in, especially with women. You know, oh, like yeah. we love to talk. We like to create relationships. Like I'm sure there's there's always those people that are like, I don't want to talk. Like, I just want to do my work. But Fine. with a lot of like, especially moms, yeah, they need that outlet. And like they also, I mean, we just have like some friendly moms here in Charleston. I love to talk to people. I'm not a mom. FYI. But like, I had someone here the other day and she was like, you know, I've never done this before because I was just afraid and I didn't want to be around all guys. And we deadlifted for the first time and she was like, this is so fun. I feel so strong. Oh my God. Love that story because I had a client who literally, I, for the first time, she came to me like no workout experience whatsoever and then she looked at somebody deadlifting in the gym she's like can we try that one day and i was like oh yeah. this is right up my alley cuz I, I mean i'm a i'm a bodybuilder like yeah. i love the big lifts i love the squat bench deadlift like i love those i was like you you want to learn how to deadlift and she was like yeah let's deadlift i'm like perfect so we go through everything we need to to learn mm-hmm. how to hip hinge deadlift and like now we're pulling like 115 and That's like, awesome. I mean, the yeah. look on her face when she like did it for the first time yes. was pure joy and almost shock too at the mm-hmm. same time. It was like shock and joy at the same time. And so she just looks over at me like after she did it, I was just like, yes. Yeah. They feel like so empowered. Like, like watching someone pick up a barbell for the first time with some weight on it. They're like. They're like, I can do anything. I'm like, yeah. yes, that's what this should make you feel. You give them that super or Wonder Woman power. Yeah. Like, it, it, it feels great. And then guess what they start doing? They start picking up the pieces with their health. And then mm-hmm. they start picking up the pieces of coming in on time. And then it's like, all right, now we're like getting the ball rolling in the right direction. And now we're going to see really cool results because now you're not dreading coming into the gym. So what we're saying is everyone should deadlift. <laughs> hey, I, I like to deadlift, so... I'm I think everybody guy. should deadlift. Okay. <laughs> everybody should deadlift. What book are you reading right now? Oh, awesome. I love this question. So thanks to 75 Heart, I've actually started reading more. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm reading The Principles of Success okay. by uh, Jack Canfield. 
So, um, it's the 10 pages a day thing, right? Yeah. So it goes along. I mean, I'm on my third book during this. So, I mean, I finished Atomic Habits earlier and then David Goggins can't hurt oh, me. Oh, David so, Goggins. <laughs> I, I'm a David Goggins fan. On, on yeah, a lot we of my are runs, too here. On my runs, I listen to Goggins on mm-hmm. YouTube all the time. I just don't know why I can run so much further when he's yelling at Have me. Have you listened to Lee's podcast? Lee I Davis? haven't. You I should haven't. listen to that. I'm pretty sure we talked about David Goggins. But I yeah. think you like that one either way. Yeah, if you're if you're somebody that really wants to, and, and this is also like in the title of the book, it's like uh, get from where you are to where you want to go. Mm-hmm. Like, so if you're that entrepreneur type or somebody that's just wanting to make that next step and like getting better, uh, it talks a lot about like the laws of attraction and mm-hmm. like speaking into existence of like what you want. Um, so like you know positive affirmation and like saying things such as you know like we talked about earlier like. You know, instead of saying, hey, I'm going to work out tonight. Hey, I'm going to work out at 5.30 p.m. till mm-hmm. 6.30 p.m. Like, just how to, like, map your day and, like, start talking to yourself, uh, which I found really interesting. And I'm starting to see it, like, within, like, the coaches that I work with, like, how they phrase things and, like, what they're making me do. And I feel like a lot of it's, like, kind of based back on this book. Like, I'm seeing a lot of parallels. Oh, yeah? Um, mm-hmm. And to, like, some of your top entrepreneurs and, like, this book and, like, what's going on. Like, you can kind of fit the pieces together. Mm-hmm. So, it's really cool. And which one is that? Is that the David Goggins? Uh, no, no, no. no. So, that's not David Goggins. Okay. It's um, the current one. It's the current one. The okay. success principles. Okay. So. Okay. What's your favorite restaurant in Charleston? <sighs> Man. I know. Um, it's tough. Yeah. Uh... We eat at Zalbao a good bit. Oh, so, love it. I yeah. haven't been there in a while. So Zalbao, mm-hmm. I definitely say is one of our favorites. Um, there's so many good ones. Jackrabbit Philly. I haven't been there. Oh, you need to go. It's right up there in North Charleston, kind of um, Park Circle area oh, okay. before you get there. Yeah. So um, that's another good one. Mm-hmm. Go before six because otherwise, you know, it's... Super crazy. Super crazy. Yeah. Well, pre-COVID it was. Yeah, so I'm right sure, now. I'm sure yeah. post-COVID it's probably a little bit more. You have to make a reservation. Yeah. But um, those are two of our regulars... I would say on our list of places we like to go. What's your favorite exercise? Deadlifts. Yeah, I deadlifts you were and squats. I, I I guess squats. I mean. Are it, you front squat or back squat guy? Uh, both. So, uh, but I can do front rack position. I don't know why. Um, you should work on that. I know. I've been don't doing, worry, guys. <laughs> I've actually been doing really well. So I wasn't somebody that could really hit a front rack position because mm-hmm. I never did a lot of front rack. Yeah. Um, I've never really done CrossFit because I know if I go into CrossFit, I'll be the addict that is super competitive and then like kill myself. <laughs> so I'm trying to stay away from joining the CrossFit community. Nothing wrong with you guys. I just know myself. Like I'm way too intense whenever yeah. I have competition. That's it hilarious. Not, it does not end well. Um, so yeah, um, but front squatting, um, and back squatting, I'm trying to actually try and max out before I run a marathon. I want to hit 525 deadlift, 450 squat, and then run a marathon. Oh my gosh. Like all within the same two weeks. I'm trying to do the Kiwa Island marathon. Oh, okay. Is it still happening? I don't know. Hopefully. I don't know. I've been training for it as if like it's still going to go. So, I mean... You. you should definitely listen to Lee's podcast. Yeah. I know even more now that you just powerlifting and things. marathon running do not go together. Well, that's what we so, think. I mean, what deadlift do you want? Uh, I, I'm trying to hit 525. Okay, well so, that's that's pretty high. Yeah. You're I'm, a strong pup, I can I, tell. I'm close. I'm, I've almost hit 500, so wow, I'm, I'm a few pounds away from 500. Dang. So okay, keep me updated. Yeah. All right. What's your favorite music to work out to? Depends on the day. So I go, I go through some weird phases. Like it might be rap one day mm-hmm. and then the next day it might be a little bit of like Miranda Lambert. No. She's great to live <laughs> to. Uh, <laughs> she really is. What's her old song? Like, uh, like 
she, when just, she was talking about set them on fire. Or yeah, whatever. like she just has the ones that are like pissed, like you know, <laughs> it's just like really fires you up. I mean, I'm kind of scared of her in a way. If you listen to so her songs, maybe like you some spot. some listen of her, her songs oh, like, yeah. are a little she's scary pretty. if you're in a relationship with her. So I don't think um, if she's single, there might be a reason. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, some days it's rap, some days it's a little EDM. Like uh, Martin Garrix, I've been really high on him, and like Alan Walker. So I'll get okay. into that. Yeah. Um, I, the less words sometimes the better, but then other times, like, if I'm about to hit a power squat, there's DMX, X gonna give it to you is, like, my go-to. Yeah, I think it depends I, on the style of the workout, yeah, for sure. I just kind of, I just, I just wait for that little hook, like, you just wait for it, and then right time I hear that, I'm like, alright, let's get it on the bar. Like, you gotta wait for the hook to drop, oh and then I'm, I'm right underneath the bar. Have you listened to Purple Lamborghini? Uh-uh. Alright, well... You got that'll be a new one for I, you. I need to get up on my game. Yeah. Oh no, I think music. it's pretty old. It's uh, I don't know. God, I, it's Rick Ross, I think. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I've probably heard it. I just I'm Felix. really bad with names. It's so hype when the beat yeah. drops. It's like I just want to do everything. Okay. Yeah. I just I mean I I kind of have my set playlist and mm-hmm. I just kind of keep going through it until I find something new and I'm like all right I've been through this enough times so. Yeah. Favorite Netflix show or any binge show? Current Netflix show? Well, we're watching Grey's Anatomy for the third time. Oh my god! Um, so that's <laughs> been on constantly. Um, before, I mean, favorite one. I mean, we always watch The Office too. Mm. I mean, The Office is Solid. on repeat, so you can't yeah. go wrong with Office. Though. No, it's an easy thing to watch. Yeah, I yeah. mean, the the whole Dwight and Jim, you know, dynamics is just. Someone too told good. me. What was Michael Pam. Scott the other day? And I was like, what the heck? We don't have to talk about it, especially live. But We, we might have to get into that. Yeah, I don't really know. <laughs> All right, what's something that you want people to know about you? Mm. Or what do you want to be acknowledged for? Um, you know, I, I think just bringing positivity to the space and just finding a new way of creating a lifestyle that fits for everybody. You know, I don't ever want to demonize food for people, and I want people to be able to have success within their lifestyle and enjoy life without having to feel like they have to look a certain way. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm the fun trainer that's not going to make you feel bad about, you know, going and eating a cheeseburger. Drinking or a liter of vodka. Drinking a liter of vodka on the weekends. your way. So, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I just want people to have autonomy within their lifestyle. And if you can help somebody create that and enjoy their life and hit their goals, then I'd say that's what I want to be known for is just creating that change. Love that. All right. Well, thank you so much. This is yeah, awesome. Thank Where you. can people find you? Instagram? Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at New10Fitness. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can just find me on Facebook. Just search Tyler Newton. There's a guy deadlifting in the picture. Is that That's you? me. All right. Um, so yeah, I mean, if people want to hit me up there, I'm always, um, my fiance says I'm the quickest person to ever reply to somebody when you hit me up. You so. were. Yeah, I, yeah, mm-hmm. I, which is a great skill to have. Yeah, it's People a blessing, blessing and a curse. Yeah. So I'm super quick with the responses. So if you ever have any questions or need any help, I mean, I give free advice like crazy to people I mean without even people paying me like yeah. I'm the first person that when somebody asks a question like I'm asking 50 other questions and instantly going into like your history and so it's uh you'll almost get a free training out of me like if you hit me up so <laughs> all right um, great. I want to fix everybody <laughs> or Fabulous. at least I think I can love that all right well this has been awesome thank yeah. you so much thank you all right thanks for listening all right everybody thank you so much for joining us on the Healthy Charleston Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, we would love for you to head over to Instagram 
search Healthy Charleston, one word, like, follow, comment on today's episode. If you have any questions, comments, if you have possible guests that you want us to bring on, if you have any topics you want us to discuss, reach out there, send us a direct message. We would love some feedback. Also, if you get any extra time, head over to iTunes, give us a rating. Again, put comments there. We love your feedback. Have a phenomenal day.